first conference victory. Check. But these Miami Hurricanes still have a lot of work to do. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So the Hurricanes get a 20-14 to 14 victory in Blacksburg against Virginia Tech. I don't take any dub for granted. First conference win, but yeah, far from a perfect performance. A lot of points left on the board. A lot of self-inflicted wounds. The game never should have been that close. And so here are the five things that I learned about the Miami Hurricanes in that win against the Hokies. Number one. This Miami team is not good enough to blow out anyone in the ACC. And Virginia Tech, honestly, they might be the worst team in the conference. They might be. To me, mediocre teams find ways to shoot themselves in the foot. I call Miami a mediocre team. Some of you say they're a flat-out bad team. I think they've got too much talent to be a bad team. But they're a mediocre team. They're still figuring themselves out, and coaching is still figuring it out. Uh, So the Hurricanes, throughout the season... They've struggled in certain games to throw the football. They've struggled in certain games with turnovers. They've struggled at times on special teams. That was one of the big struggles against Texas A&M, and then they fixed those issues. Uh, They've struggled at times in giving up chunk plays on defense, the Middle Tennessee and the North Carolina game. This time, though, after fixing some of those previous issues, the big struggle that Miami had, penalties. They kept Virginia Tech in the game by committing 17 penalties for 159 yards. And I know a lot of you look at several other things in the game as being reasons why it was too close, but penalties for me were the biggest issue outside of injuries. Penalties were the biggest issue in that game because, guys, it's hard to win a football game when you are spotting the other team a football field and a half of free yardage in the game. 159 free yards you gave to Virginia Tech. It's hard to do that, okay? Here's what Mario Cristobal had to say on Monday morning. He was on with the Joe Rose Show on 560 WQAM. Quote, penalties, unforced errors. You go right at it, he said. It's a bunch of BS, right? Unacceptable. Went into the game as the least penalized team in the conference and walked out there getting hit 17 times. That's a lack of focus, lack of technique, fundamentals. Sometimes it's flat-out laziness, Coach said. Sometimes just an arrogant disregard for playing football the way it's supposed to be played. It'll get attacked directly, he said. And on how you attack it, I spoke to a couple of former Miami Hurricanes players. They didn't play for Mario Cristobal, obviously, but I asked them, hey, like, what's practice usually like after a game where you commit way too many stupid penalties? And they both told me, You can expect some guys to get chewed out in team meetings, film sessions, and you can expect the team to have to run gassers, a lot of gassers. So, and like Cristobal said, Miami was top 20 in the country in fewest penalties coming in and top in the ACC. So this, this is a new issue. It's like every time Miami fixes one thing, a new issue comes up. So Given the fact that penalties hadn't been a problem prior to the Virginia Tech game, I'm hoping they can get that cleaned up quickly, especially since 
you come back home this week. Um, I know sometimes when you're on the road in a hostile environment, you get very amped and it just, you know, I'm not saying there's any excuse for it. I'm giving you a reason for why they committed so many penalties, hopefully at home. And I'm, I'm guessing it's probably not going to be a sellout at Hard Rock Stadium this week against Duke that they'll have like a nice, quiet environment to execute well. Uh, and just so you know, you know, and I talk about Miami, just they're not good enough to overcome some of these mistakes and mental lapses. Like they're just not good enough to blow anyone out in the ACC. Duke is not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination, right? They, they pushed North Carolina to the limit last week. Um, Miami has opened up as an eight and a half point favorite against Duke. That's too much for me. I think Miami's going to win the game. I think Miami's going to win the game, but I think it's going to be close the way it was against Virginia Tech. Duke is better than Virginia Tech, and I'm certainly not going to bet money on Miami to win this game by more than eight and a half points, okay? So I'm not taking the bait there, all right? I think Miami's going to win the game, and we'll talk more about it throughout the week, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that. So yeah, first thing that we all learned is Miami's just not good enough to blow anybody out in the ACC right now. The second thing we learned, Miami has had to overcome way too many injuries this year. And I respect them for it, right? Because for as sloppy as they played against the Hokies, you were playing that game with no Zion Nelson, who's missed more games than he's played this year, unfortunately. No Ja'Kai Clark or Justice Olawazian all in that offensive line. You're missing three of your most important offensive linemen. You didn't have Henry Parrish on Saturday in the backfield. No Elijah Arroyo, who's out for the season at tight end. And then you lose Will Mallory in the game due to injury in the first half. Was knocked out of the game on a targeting play. Um, you know, he got hit in the head. No Tyreek Stevenson in the defensive backfield. So you've had too many injuries, a ton of injuries. And in that Virginia Tech game, it was hopefully the peak. Hopefully we don't have that many guys out again throughout the year. So as a result of it, you did have some players step up nicely when their opportunities came up. I can't say enough things about show favorite first team Aldano, Colby Young. My dude, Colby Young, he's getting his chance now to shine and he's making the most of it, guys. Nine catches for 110 yards against Vatek and a touchdown. Two great one-handed grabs, including the touchdown. And he had that 37-yard grab on Miami's opening drive, which was, you're watching this guy, you're like, Colby, where have you been all my life? He's so good. So if you're keeping score at home, in a matter of three months, from July to October, three months, Colby Young has gone from Lackawanna Junior College transfers to Miami and now six games into the season he's looking like one of the best receivers in the ACC that's a journey that's a meteoric rise right three months ago this dude was in Juco right and now he's at Miami and he's looking like one of the better receivers in the conference okay so Colby Young gets major dap from me Jaleel Skinner, like, didn't have a huge stat game he caught two passes for 30 yards but uh you know Jaleel Skinner he's you know, a couple of injuries over these last couple of weeks. And, and hopefully Will Mallory is going to be back next week, by the way, because they Miami needs him. He was beasting before he got hurt. But Jaleel Skinner 
true freshman has to go from tight end three to tight end one, like in, in a blink of an eye after a couple of injuries, he's out there making some plays. This is a true freshman, guys. And, you know, Dom Mamarelli is also out there having to play a lot of downs. He's not really a receiver. He's more of a blocking tight end. He's a good blocker. But, you know, you think about guys stepping up to take advantage of opportunities and much respect. And I know Miami's running game hasn't been good in, in like two fortnights. Uh, and they certainly, you know, the running game was not very good against Virginia Tech. But that's another position group that's been decimated by injury. Transfer walk-on Lucius Stanley gets thrust into the running back rotation on Saturday because, again, Miami's completely decimated at that position, and Stanley averages 5.8 yards per carry on Saturday. Like, I, I appreciate what this guy is having to do because you don't normally want to put walk-ons on the field, not when you're Miami, not when you're in the ACC, not when you're Power 5, okay? So players stepping up here and overcoming injuries, that's the second thing that I learned about this team, that they are capable of doing that and making the most of it. Third thing that I learned, and – God, I could have even let off with this one because this guy's playing so well. Akeem Mesidor, he is one of the best players in America, period. Not one of the best players on Miami, not one of the best defensive players in the conference or best defensive players in the country. Akeem Mesidor is one of the best football players in America and one of the best transfer portal transactions of the season. Mesidor against Fatek, and he's been doing it all year, three and a half sacks in the game. Led the Canes with eight tackles as well. He got a national honor for that performance. He was named Walter Camp National Defender of the Week. And just to put Akeem's stats in perspective here from that Hokies game, he's one of just two players in America to have at least three and a half sacks and eight tackles in a single game. So there's not defensive ends out there just doing what he's doing on a regular basis. I think the uh, the top DN from Houston is the other one who's put up those stats in a specific game. So those are the top three things that we've learned. I'm going to give you two more, including uh, Miami's offense. They're, they're starting to resemble last year's offense a little bit. That's, I guess, both a good and a bad thing simultaneously. And guys, I want to go to Twitter, okay? Because you folks have been giving us some questions that you want answered. Everyone is asking me, why didn't we see Colby Young the first four games? Why was Miami stat? These coaches are so incompetent. They couldn't get this guy on the field. I want to explain that. And I want to give you the other two things we learned right after we talk about the awesome folks at Simply Safe. You have to get Simply Safe in your life, folks. Other people are doing it. Many are doing it. The numbers don't lie. Over the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't just earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. It's simply safe. Your safety is the only thing that matters. And I know this because I use Simply Safe in my home, guys, and I feel protected because they protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it. Not only is Simply Safe cutting edge, but they put that technology in my fingertips, guys. You can control your system from your phone with an app. You can watch the crystal clear HD live stream of your security cameras or the wide variety of high tech sensors. It's like you see those movies where someone is like trying to break into to a museum and there's all that technology and monitors. That, that's like how your house becomes like you get that sort of of technology protecting your home with 24 seven professional monitoring simply safes agents. They call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency 
even if you're not home or can't be reached, guys. Their monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. We're part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day so the first three things that we learned about the hurricanes in that win i want to remind you guys it was a win against virginia tech number one this team is they're getting better but they're not good enough to blow out anyone in the acc okay number two miami has had to overcome a ton of injuries and i respect them for it and number three akeem mesador is one of the best players in america the transfer defensive end from west virginia my goodness fourth thing that i learned And I think overall, this is a good thing. Miami's offense, they're looking more and more like last year's O. Uh, These coaches, they have been forced to adapt to a pass-heavy attack. Like they, the identity of Miami's offense looks a lot different than it did the first handful of games these last couple of weeks, okay? And it makes sense on multiple levels, all right? First thing, your quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, he's playing like an NFL prospect again these last couple of games. And your offensive line and your running back room are decimated by injuries. So you have to adapt or die because we've seen it. If Miami wants to run the ball 45 times per game, you're going to pick up about one yards per carry doing that. It's just not, you know, it's not gone well these last couple of games. So you have had to adapt. And, you know, the this decimated offensive line clearly has a, a better time pass blocking than they have run blocking at this point. So you've had to adapt. And I love the fact, guys, talking about running the football. Here's one thing that I did love about Miami's running game on Saturday. They've created a short yardage package to get Jakari Brown on the field and capitalize on his freakish athleticism. So, you know, for as much as people dog – Josh Gaddis, because everyone loves to hate on him on Twitter and in our comments. Can we give him credit for actually showing us some improvements and adapting? And I know what most of you are going to say. No, I will not give him credit because he did it too late. Why did he wait this long? It's like, okay, you can't have it both ways. If you're going to trash him for calling a Stone Age game plan the first few weeks, you can give the guy at least a little bit of credit. He did it too late. Fine. You know, whatever but you can give the guys some credit for adapting the offense. And I will. All right. Now, you know, and I mentioned why Miami's offense looking more like last year's offense. It's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing because you are um, you're tailoring your game plan more to what your, your quarterback does best. And Tyler Van Dyke, as we've been reminded is still a really, really good college quarterback, right? I, I still don't necessarily think his NFL stock is as high as we thought it was, you know, before, the season started, but Tyler Van Dyke is one of the better quarterbacks in college football. Um, you know, I think it's helped that his receivers have emerged now. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. Uh, but I, you know, so it's a good thing that you're getting more productivity out of your passing game. Uh, unfortunately, um, the running game for the most part, Miami did have over a hundred team rushing yards, but it didn't look as good as the stats would indicate. 
you know, we wanted the identity of this team. Well, I mean, I don't know if you guys did, but Mario Cristobal wants the identity of this team to be more of a smash mouth, physical running football team. And we've had to take a little hiatus from that. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. And I know that they're recruiting the type of offensive linemen that want to bring that identity back in the coming years. So we will see how that goes. But in the meantime, you've had to adapt or die. And I appreciate the fact that Miami has adapted. So the fifth and final thing that I learned from this 20 to 14 victory against Virginia tech guys, I am really starting to get bullish on this wide receiver room. And it wasn't just Colby Young. I could praise Colby Young all day. It wasn't just Colby Young making plays. Frank Ladson had some clutch third down catches, including one that helped ice the game on the final drive, and he scored a touchdown. Rashard Smith had six catches for 76 yards. We've been, you know, we got to see it consistently because that's been the deal with Rashard. We haven't had consistent performances from him. Uh, and also, like, I know Will Mallory, technically not a receiver. He's a tight end, but part of the passing game. Will Mallory was absolutely beasting before he got injured. Had, what, three catches for 63 yards before he went down hurt? Um, gosh, I hope Mallory's back this week. You know, I, I don't know if he's in some kind of a concussion protocol because that that's different in college than it is in the NFL. But he did take a hit to the head, was ruled out to return last game. I can't speak 100% on how Mallory's doing. We're going to talk to Mario Cristobal later today. I'm going to be at his media session, so I'm going to see if he has anything to update on Mallory's status. We would love to have him back because he's he's been playing great these last couple of games. And, guys, at some point this season, so we have receivers stepping up right now, and at some point this season, Xavier Restrepo and Jacoby George will both be back. So I love the fact that in the meantime, Miami is building some depth at wide receiver. That's great. Let's do some Q&A. You guys have been fired up these last couple of days. And I'm going to say what I've been saying the last uh, almost 48 hours. Try to find a little bit of enjoyment in a victory. That's my honest advice to you guys. Like, I don't want you coming at me with the same energy after a win that you come at me with after losses, because we do have to appreciate. I know that it didn't look the way we wanted it to, but you do have to appreciate wins in this game. Uh, Larry tweets to us. He says, nice win. Canes fans expect too much. Enjoy a win. Be happy the offense is clicking. Defense is playing good. He said, I hear too much complaining about uh, the second half. He says, look at Clemson up 20. Both teams left with a win. Uh, I think that's well said, Larry, because I, you know, I'm not saying we can't talk about what didn't go right, because, listen, as, as a member of the media and as a content creator, obviously that's part of my job. And we've been talking about the mistakes and the penalties, right? It, it's part of my job to analyze it. And, hey, this was really bad. And if you keep doing this, you're going to lose games in the future. That's fine. But at the same time, guys, I love the Miami Hurricanes. I know that most everyone watching this or listening to this, I say most everyone because we have some like Florida State fans and some spiteful Oregon fans who like listen to us because they they want Mario to crash and burn. So they listen. I'm just glad you guys are clicking on the shows. Like if you're if you're watching us out of love or watching us out of hate, thank you. Okay, I don't care. Uh, But, you know, most of us are big time Miami Hurricanes fans and, and we just. We want to see the team do well. So you, you've got to appreciate the wins at least a little bit. All right. Um, let's see. VLKV tweets to us. Is there anything to be excited about from here on out 
since the Mario honeymoon depleted the bank account by week three. It says Virginia Tech is not a good team, and we had to fight like crazy for that W. Should hardcore fans turn casual for their own mental health? Okay, well, if you're such a hardcore fan that you can't allow yourself to enjoy a dub, then I don't know, maybe you should take up meditation, right? Because if you're so hardcore that you stress about victories, that's not supposed to be how this works, guys. That's not supposed to be how this works. My honest advice to you is, and, and Miami just won this game, let's remember. And as far as like, what should we look forward to? Uh, you know, look forward to the fact that you still have, uh, you know, several ACC games left. You know, you still have Florida State to play against this year, and I hope we beat those losers. Uh, you know, you still have a tough road trip to Clemson. I don't know how that one's going to go, but you, like, you still have a lot to look forward to. And so, like, my advice, honestly, fans, I think, take wins and losses, especially losses, harder than a lot of the players do. I think we all, as fans, we need to adopt the 24-hour rule, Right. Like, you win a game, you really celebrate for 24 hours, you start to look at it, you lose a tough game. Like, after the North Carolina game, you lose a tough game. Be pissed, be upset, you know, be sad for 24 hours, and then move on with your life, honestly. Because, folks, we don't have any control over the outcome. There's not anything I can do or that VLKV can do or Larry or anybody else, like, Unfortunately, we are just passengers. We are bystanders. Like all we could do is watch this team grow, watch this team get better. We watch it and we enjoy it because we love the Miami Hurricanes. But I mean, are you really going to let it ruin your entire week when they lose a game when there's literally nothing you as a fan could have done to help them? I mean, show up and cheer. That's something. Show up to the stadium. But outside of that, it's really it's not in your control, VLKV. So you know, and and I, I say this even though it's happened to me before, but when you allow a team that you love to dictate your mental health, uh, you just that that can't be something that we do. Like we, you know, we we need to we need to take up meditation. Like we need to find other ways to like manifest our mental health because it's you know if you're going to rely on the canes for your mental health, we're in big trouble. Uh, Smitty tweets. I am so glad the Canes put Jakari Brown in for some quarterback run plays. Hopefully this will be a goal line option, he says. Calling quarterback runs for TVD is just, ugh. Uh, yes, I definitely think this is going to be something Miami does a lot more of moving forward. Um, I think they should consider this as like a red zone goal line type of option. Clearly, they put a lot of work and a lot of preparation into this. And this is one of the reasons why they don't let the media watch practice anymore. <laughs> Because they're installing stuff like this. Because I didn't see this coming from a mile away that they were going to start using Jakari Brown. But um, I, I think it's really, really refreshing. Because like you said, you know, Tyler, every now and then he'll give you a clutch scramble. He had a nine-yard run for a first down in this game. But, you know, designing running plays for Tyler, it's not really ideal. Uh, Jakari Brown is much, much better at that. And again, I give this coaching staff now credit for adapting to the personnel. All right, we're going to have more questions to answer when we come back. Oh, including somebody uh, somebody predicting an L against Duke this weekend. Whew. We got a lot coming up here on Locked on Canes. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, 
Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering info with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. And yeah, Miami, they're eight and a half point favorites against Duke this coming weekend at Hard Rock Stadium. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's pick up on the Q&A. By the way, you're watching and listening to Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Zach tweets to us, are the crazy amount of injuries and lack of depth and talent just too much for Mario and staff to overcome? Um, I mean, listen, I, that that would have been a much better question if they just lost on Saturday, not won. Like, I'm, I'm being serious here because they – they literally just overcame it and won a game, right? I mean, you were without three starting offensive linemen. You were without seven total starters in this game with all you were missing, right? You were down three linemen. You were down your, your starting running back. You've been down, you know, starting receivers, starting corner in this game. And they literally did just overcome it to win a game. And I know Virginia Tech's not good, right? But um, I am also cautiously optimistic that against Duke this coming weekend, uh, you're probably going to have Henry Parrish back. You're probably going to have Will Mallory back. Um, I think Ja'Kai Clark. I don't know about uh, Zion Nelson because who? Like I'm, I'm, I'm out of the Zion prediction business. Like I, I try to predict week to week if he's going to play, and I'm usually wrong. So I'm, I, I think I'm out of that. Well, we'll see. At some point, he's going to come back, and then yeah, at some point in the coming weeks, you can expect a Don Chaney return. You can expect a Xavier Restrepo, Jacoby George return. So, you know, um, you can't predict who else might get injured in the meantime. But I, I think some of these players who have been injured will be back healthy soon. And you're going to get some of the long-term injuries back. So if you're asking me, can they overcome it? Of course they can. Of course. And, and still Miami, you know, you're going to have the better team on paper than some of your opponents remaining. That not going to be true against Clemson. You can debate whether it's true against Florida State. Um, I figure Miami's going to be an underdog against Florida State, but you definitely have a, a better team than Duke, although they're having a nice season, and you have a better team than Georgia Tech, even though I know they've won a couple of games. So, um, you know, they can overcome it. Miami Hurricanes enthusiast tweets to us, I don't remember the last time we let a team score only 14 points. Considering Virginia Tech was as desperate as us and our egregious amount of penalties, I truly believe this is a huge step forward, he says. When was the last time we jumped out to a 20-0 lead on a Power 5 team on the road and against our rival? That is a very uh, optimistic take by Miami Hurricanes enthusiasts. And I would say, um, you know, I would rather start fast than not start fast. And if Miami can cut down, because they hadn't started fast all season long, Right. You know, the Bethune-Cookman, they didn't even start fast against Bethune-Cookman. Um, you know, they didn't start fast against Southern Miss. They didn't start fast against Texas A&M. They started incredibly slow against Middle Tennessee and against North Carolina. So this is the first time they've started fast all year. And this is not typically a highly penalized team. So if you can clean up on the penalties, if, if you don't let, I mean, eight or nine penalties is a lot. 17 is an embarrassment, right? If you can clean up to the point where you're, you know, you're getting penalized a half a dozen times instead of almost three dozen times or two dozen times, then uh, we're going to feel a lot better about this. So I, I like that comment. Thank you for the optimism. And Ernst 
left us this comment on YouTube. He says, Dono, I love your positive take on the team, but I feel like unless we have all of our starters return, I would say the Duke game next week is about 55% Duke to 45 Miami, a Duke win, because our team is not clicking yet. Well, certainly uh, Mike Elko's team, they've been punching above their weight, have Duke. Very disciplined, very experienced, right? That's something Miami rarely ever has an experienced team because we tend to have guys leave as sophomores and juniors, like for no apparent reason, right? Whereas, you know, Dukes and Carolinas, they keep their fifth year seniors. Like we have trouble keeping guys for like a third year. Uh, so no, it, <coughs> Duke is a much better team than advertised. It's not going to be an easy game. You can't shoot yourselves in the foot against Duke as many times as you did against Virginia Tech because Duke is better than Virginia Tech. Uh, but I do think Miami has the talent to win this game. I don't think they need to get everybody back, but you definitely need a few of these guys back in order to have a somewhat comfortable performance this weekend at Hard Rock Stadium. That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, I am going to, if you guys are following our YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe Locked on Canes. It's free to subscribe Locked on Canes on YouTube because we are going to be dropping the coaches pressers there. Mario Cristobal, Josh Gaddis, and Kevin Steele. We're going to be dropping those videos on our YouTube channel. And folks, make sure you are supporting Locked On ACC host Candace Cooper and uh, and the local experts like myself. I join every Thursday, bring you everything you need to know about the conference in 30 minutes or less. So make Locked On ACC your second list. And thank you for making us your first. We will talk to you guys again later on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.